Good morning, my lovely listeners all around the world. This is Pushing Rebel Podcast number 57. This is Adam Piggott coming to you from Holland, where the sun is just coming up. I'm doing this podcast early in the morning. I normally do them in the afternoon, but uh, I'm more of a morning person than I am an evening person. I tend to get up pretty early uh, while my wife, you know, mumbles beside me unconsciously and pushes me away. Um... And uh, I thought, nah, I got it this morning and I did my usual internet browsing. Oh, and I didn't, yeah, no, this is the real reason. I didn't get the podcast up yesterday for various uh, um, issues that happened, uh, as in finding the time proved exceedingly difficult. So it's late, so I'll do it this morning. But I'm actually, I'm, I'm talking now, I'm feeling brighter, I'm feeling bushier tailed. That's what you get for being a morning person, I suppose. Once again, the sound is all turned up. I didn't. I got a few people say that the sound was better uh, last week, so uh, the sound is all. I'm just staying at those uh, levels until someone else complains, and then I'll change them again. Uh, or I'll just tell them to piss off. It's one of the two. Um, anyway, bit of a busy week um, with things going on. Um, I think. The thing that's really been holding my attention in the background, something that I've been checking every day, is the um, escalating uh, war between Gab and Vox Day. Gab uh, is the alternative to Twitter. Now, I, I got on Gab on its startup right when it began um, because of Vox Day's recommendation. Um, I was never much of a Twitter user. I do have a Twitter account, believe it or not, but I very rarely use it. It's not under my own name, though. Um, it's under my old Noisy Rogue blog, video gaming blog. And I used it mostly during Gamergate, to be honest. Um, but I never really was under Twitter. But uh, I thought, all right, I'll, I'll jump at a gab at the get-go. Um, and... You know, and I'll you know if you get if you get in there from the beginning, you got a better chance of getting something rolling. I never, I've never really liked Gab as opposed to Twitter because you, I think, with the fundamental design of how the program works. So with Twitter, you see you're on Twitter, you have it open, and it'll go new tweet. So someone you've followed is just. and you can click on that. With Gab, you can't see that. You just have to go to the home page and you know hope that you catch what well, it just doesn't the i don't know it's not as free-flowing i suppose as twitter if it, on twitter it was really easy for me to pick up on something um that i'd missed whereas on gab it's really hard I, I suppose that's the best way of me describing the issue um and that meant that if i post something on twitter the people who followed me were more likely to see it whereas if i post something on gab unless the users are on gab at this that specific time that I posted, or if they scroll back and, oh, I'll check what Adam wrote, um, they're not going to find it. So I found Gab to be a bit, uh, um, um, well, it just doesn't, it's just inferior, I suppose, is the, is the proper use of the term. Now, Gab was sold on freedom of speech, that you can, you can say whatever you want, okay, and uh, which right there should kick off some alarm bells for some of you. Um, a little bit more switched on than others. And um, 
it's been started, Gabba started, well, one of the start founders, I don't know the total background of all who's behind it, but they're all pretty young from Silicon Valley. Uh, they're all supposedly right wing. Um, and Andrew Torber is, I suppose, the, the public the public face for Gab. Um, and he's pretty young. <laughs> and anyway, the essence of the, without going into too much detail, the essence of the dispute between Gab and Vox Day is that Vox Day was libeled on Gab by various users um, who accused him of being a, a pedophile, amongst other things. Now, this is libelous. Now, um, Vox Day got hold of, you know, Andrew Torbone. Now, you have to understand that uh, Vox Day has not just been a supporter of Gab from the get-go. He's been a huge supporter of Gab from the get-go. In fact, I I don't know if Gab would be where it is now if not for Vox Day's initial support boost. Um, he also, I mean, for God's sake, he let Andrew Andrew Tor- Torbone wrote um, the introduction, I think, or or had a a pithy quote from him for introduction of SJW is always lying. So, which always got me as a bit strange because Andrew Torber really hasn't done anything apart from Gab and he's pretty young. So when, when, when Vox Day did that, I was a little bit surprised. Um, but I think that was just day, Vox's enthusiasm, real enthusiasm for wanting this to work. And sometimes when you really want things to work, you'll overlook and you'll give a lot more support than you normally would. Um, and that's come around to bite him on the ass a bit because it turns out that uh, the guys running Gab, particularly Andrew Torber, are very immature, very inexperienced in the ways of the world and have had that initial success um, that's that's caused them to kind of uh, fall into the trap of of megalomania. Uh, Torba did a uh, did a uh, interview on um, Tucker Carlson's Fox News, and um, it was pretty painful um, to watch. Not the interview itself, but the boasting that went on afterwards online um, as regards to his. He own now exalted status since he got interviewed for five minutes on Tucker Carlson, who interviews about 20 million people a day. Um, so Vox contacted support at Gab and said, you've got defamation, I've got defamation here going on, you'll, you'll need to take these down. Um, and they said, well, no, we're not going to because Gab's freedom of speech. And... Uh, you'll have to uh, you'll have to put in you'll have to do it this way. Blah, blah, blah. So Vox did it the way I can't remember the, the process that they required Vox to do. So the, Vox did exactly what Gab required of him to do, and then Gab started attacking him publicly, um, very um, publicly. Uh, most Andrew Torr were doing most of it. Um, so it's devolved devolved into this war. And, and Vox Day's whole point is: look, you can free speech is great. We want free speech, but free speech doesn't mean defamation. That's why there are defamation laws in. In countries, and this is the whole point. Gab's registrar is based in Australia, Melbourne, actually. They've got defamation laws there. Um, so defamatory or mean-spirited content, um, as regards to you know the the registry, you have to um, you have to be in compliance with the laws of where the, the registry is based. So in this case, it's Australian law. 
So calling someone a pedophile publicly in Australia, <laughs> that is, that's defamation. That's defamation. And you have to, and as the, uh, the, the owners of the website and Gab at this point have to give the, uh, the details of the people who've said this. Um, so they can be then prosecuted under Australian law by Vox Day if he so chooses. Um, one of the laws of SJWs is SJWs always double down. This does not mean that doubling down is endemic only to SJWs. Doubling down, a lot of people double down on all sides of the political spectrum. SJWs always double down, but... Everyone's got the potential to double down. And what Gab's doing, and Andrew Torber in, in particular, is it, a beautiful case, a beautifully unfortunate case, I should say, of doubling down. Um, <laughs> they just not don't want to admit that they're wrong here. And I think what they're doing now is they're going to register a hop uh, <laughs> to avoid having to moderate in any way, shape or form any of the content um let's put on gap um it's so look from my point of view is it disappointing uh not really because gab wasn't working for me like i said the interface just I, i just it doesn't flow um i rarely check it i rarely post on it now um it's like it's like twitter that doesn't moderate but doesn't actually work I suppose I'm going to I'm going to call Gab that. Um, it just it just doesn't do it for me. But this is really interesting in the sense that I've always been a, a big fan of big fan of Vox Day, and look, one of the main reasons that I'm a big fan of Vox Day is because Vox has principles, and Vox sticks to those principles. So there would have been a point where Vox realised which line Andrew Torber was taking, and Vox knows that he got Andrew Torber to, you know, I think write an introduction to SJW. Always like, I mean, like you, you'd be thinking if you were Vox in this case, like, oh shit, this is uh, this is. But he just holds he holds firm. Vox holds firm, um, and. And he's been been warning Gab for for months that this was going to end up happening. He warned them back in November. Apparently, he warned them in September of last year, uh, over a year ago. That look, eventually, you're going to have to moderate your content in some form. Freedom of speech just means means you can have no moderated content. Um, I've I've been on internet forums since internet forums began. I mean, I was on the two plus two poker forum. I think I started there in two thousand and two. So that's been that's been going for. There was moderated content, absolutely. Um, I I just find this 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 uh, this approach of of Gab to be completely, completely stupid. Maybe they don't want to they don't want to moderate content because it's too much work. I I don't know. Um, but there's always been moderated content on the internet. There are things that you cannot say. Defamation is one of them. I'm not gonna. You can't go around calling people pedophiles. Just don't do it. That's that's not. <laughs> you, you, you don't. You, there's there's quite a bit of stuff you can't you can't you can't accuse people of being without without actual evidence. So um, so I, I find this yeah it's very interesting what's going on. Um, so <laughs> there is one thing that I'll a little bit of 
Uh, you might remember I did the crowdfunding episode on my podcast a couple of weeks ago um, where I spoke about how crowdfunding is a scam and the reason is they call you an investor. One of the reasons is they call you an investor, but you're not an investor because an in- investors see a return on their investment based on how well the company does or does not do. Um, and if you go, if you go, an extreme example of that is Lloyd's of London, um, who give you a return on investment based on how well or how not well they do. So there was a really famous situation, I think it was 10 or 15 years ago, where there were a bunch of mega disasters in the world that year. I can't remember what year it is, but what year it was, but Lloyd's posted a massive loss and all of the hit up all of their investors and went, you owe us, you know, 10,000 pounds or 20,000. All the investors are like, what the fuck? And they're like, well, look, we've, you've just given us money every year. Like, yeah, it's gone well for the last 150 years. Now we've had a bad one. And you look at the terms of the of the, of the agreement. You've got to give us money when, when, when the shit goes down to, uh, to plug the shortfall. And everyone's like, what the hell? So that's like a really, a really extreme example of uh, an investment that can go either way for you. And if you look at shorting futures and stuff like that, uh, then that's that's always very, very tricky or long in them. You know, okay, I bet that orange juice is going to, uh, price is going to go down, it goes up. You, you put, you put say, $1,000 on it, and you might find yourself owing $50,000 because you have to cover the shortfall. A lot of people don't understand that part of, of future trading. Future trading is very, very risky. Um, so Gab did a uh, an investor. Um, um, hang on a second, my cat's been oi, naughty cat. Um, Gab did an investment drive, uh, and that's what they called it <laughs> a few months ago, and they raised something like I think it was a million dollars US. Uh, let me just check here if they've still got the thing on their home page about oh, it's not there anymore it used to be oh no support 54 percent support us donate to just donations well they look they had what they call an investor drive and they raised a million dollars but as far as I can tell, and look, please correct me if I'm wrong. I, I, I posted up a question on Vox Day's blog um, asking about this. Um, if, if, if the Gab, I wrote the question, was the Gab investment opportunity a real investment, as in with shares, or simply a money grab hiding behind some crowdfunding forging campaign? Um, and I haven't... No one's, I just got ignored. No one, oh, I know, here we go. Here we go. Somewhere in between, you can't sell the shares for a year and there is little chance the shares will be listed on any exchange after the year has passed. You'd basically have to find a buyer yourself. Right. Okay. Um, that doesn't sound, <laughs> look. All right, so they haven't gone crowd forging. Um, they haven't gone Kickstarter, but that doesn't sound like an investment to me. So what 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 on Vox Day's site? What the, the post was about was if you want to get your investment back in inverted commas, I'm using that in inverted commas. 
Um, you'll, you can cancel your, your credit card, blah, 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 blah. It, that, look, based on what the guy's written there, this does not sound, this does not hit the mark of what uh, an investment needs to be. I'm sorry. Um, you, you, you don't get share. You do get shares, but they may or may not be listed on a top stock exchange in the future. And if, and if you did, you'd have to find, uh, okay, mate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just sounds, it sounds, you, you, I don't think you've invested. I think you've given away your money. So remember, they got a million bucks now. They got a million bucks, and it looks like they're driving Gab into the wall. It's <sighs> doubling down, doubling down. Don't think, don't think that SJWs are the only ones who double down. A lot of people double down. A lot of people don't admit their mistakes until the very last moment. So learn from Andrew Torber what's going on. This is the arrogance of brief success coupled with youth, coupled with gross inexperience, um, coupled with I was on TV for five minutes with Tucker Carlson. Stew all that together in a little pot and you're going to get a beautifully awful example of of doubling down and, and that's that's what that's what Tor is doing. And, and, and Vox Day's just holding the same line. Vox Day's just stating, look, all I want you to do is... Take down the posts and give us the contact details for these people so we can we can serve some writs. That's all we want. <laughs> and yeah, okay. All right. Um, wrote a post uh, this week called Don't Shoot the Fat Messenger um, after uh, an argument I had on LinkedIn Messenger with a, a friend of mine. Um after I, uh, on LinkedIn, I, um, another friend I, I have who has his own company, uh, a textile company in Italy, uh, making clothes and the like, put up a, a photo of a fat, ugly pig waddling down a catwalk and say, finally, you know, we're having, you know, equal opportunity body types or rah, 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 rah. And, and I, I, just, I just mercilessly mocked him on LinkedIn. Um, and mercilessly mocked the photo because as i I said to the the person who contacted me what what we're going to celebrate unhealthy lifestyles now because you want to sell more someone wants to sell more clothes i just find it appalling um even if they are a friend of mine i find it i find it absolutely appalling anyway this other person i know contacted me on linkedin who's saw what i wrote and was like oh man will you you can't, you can't possibly say that. People look at your LinkedIn pro, profile. You won't be hired by a big company. And first of all, like, oh, big companies wouldn't touch me in a barge pole. All, the, all the big companies have to do is put my name in the internet, which they all do. If they, if they look like, oh, this guy's interesting, we'll want to... Uh, KPMG gets Adam Pickett's... Uh, oh, well, this, what a stick is. Oh, he's got a blog. Oh, my God. Next. <laughs> Like a big company's gonna hire me. I mean, like I'm gonna, like I'm gonna, like I'm gonna apply to a big company in the first place, please. Um, and then, and then this person, this friend, accused me of bullying because I might have called this uh, this um, fat female a I don't know a fat female. That's bullying, apparently. Anyway, it went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, and as I, um, she said, you could do it in a nicer way. 
You can you can make your point in an ass away. And it's just like, no, you don't understand. You have to shame them. Fat people, fat, fat, obesity is, gluttony is one of the seven deadly sins. Trying to become, trying to be uh, proud of your body type when you're a fat, ugly pig. Well, you're throwing, you're throwing gluttony, you're throwing pride in there as well. Pride is one of the seven deadly sins. You have to shame these people. You absolutely have to shame them. And shaming is the only thing that works. It's the only thing that works when people are that delusional. And I, I, I was accused of all, all sorts of um, nasty, uh, being mean and nasty. Um, I made the point in my post that shaming is compassionate. That's what shaming is. A failure to shame shameful behavior is a failure to love. That's what I wrote in a comment when someone accused me of being mean and nasty. And uh, he was, all along I thought you were just being mean and nasty, but now I realize you're actually a really compassionate guy who is honestly concerned about the well-being of fat people. That was sarcasm. And as I wrote, a failure to shame shameful behavior is a failure to love. We shame shameful behavior because we care enough about people that we want people to better themselves and abstain from unhealthy behaviors that's what we do and i think uh i think at the moment we've got the the gay marriage debacle going vote going down in australia and i think that you know we've got this far with homosexuality in the last 30 years because we stopped shaming homosexual behavior and we went the opposite of shaming we celebrated it we celebrate homosexual behavior we celebrate which is which is which is destructive behavior homosexuality is bad for you people apart from apart from all the extra diseases the suicide rates are higher you do not you if look if you're if you're listening to this and you're thinking anal sex, I might give that a shot. As in taking it, do a little bit of research. Do a little bit of research on uh, on what uh, what what a few years of anal sex will do to you. I read a uh, horrific article. It was long, about a long term from a long-term homosexual who was a, a taker, as in he was the tunnel, not the train, uh, on the medical problems that he was having in his, in his mid-40s, I think he was, to early 50s, um, basically wearing a colostomy bag now. I mean, he's completely... Uh, he's, his whole bowel passages are completely shattered. Now, anyone of you who have read my first book knows that I got uh, I had ulcerative colitis when uh, I was in my mid twenties, um, which I uh, managed to get cured of, thank God. But my initial diagnosis, which wasn't much fun, had me lying in the doctor's surgery uh, and basically him sticking his you know fingers up my bum. To find out if I needed to go get a colonoscopy, which is Latin for not a friend. 
this was all what I call obtrusive. Um, anyway, one of the questions that the doctor initially asked me, he was very, this was like 1997, I think it was. And so he was very careful about the way he was like, look, Adam, I need you to ask this question. Rah, rah, rah. I'm just, I'm just asking the question, dude. He goes, well, and this is when he was like trying to work out, they were trying to work out really the cause. And he's like, have you uh, engaged in any homosexual behavior? I have you um, had any anal sex? One of the very first questions he asked me. Very first one. Uh, of course, my answer was no. Um, but it's a it's a good it's a good example. It's a good example. If you if you've got problems down your bowel, and they try to work out what caused it, it's one of the first questions they ask. Now, this is homosexual behavior is unhealthy behavior. Obesity is unhealthy behavior. When people say to me, "I'm just obese," it's my natural state. Listen. I lived in Africa. Uh, by the way, black people in, in the US are far more likely to be obese. Far more likely than white people, just based on what I see. What, 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 what you see when you look like a, not, not on an everyday, here's a shot of the street, people walking down the street in some you know, town in America. If you see a shot of black people, you see a shot of white people. Now, I'm not saying that white people aren't fat in America. Oh, there are some biggies. But it seems to me, and look, please, and in my American cousins over there, because I've never been to the States, feel free to uh, correct me on this issue. But it seems to me like the blackies, uh, the coloured folks over there, are way, well, are prone to obesity. Well, I lived in Uganda for two years. Lots of black people over there. Um, look, uh, surprising, but there were no fatties. No obese people. Well, who would have thought it? Yeah, You were only fat in Uganda if you were well off. So, the wife of the village chief, fat. Um... The wife of the of the government minister, fat. <laughs> okay, it's the it's the only these things because fat was the status symbol over there. It meant rich. Because skinny uh, skinny meant poor, and really skinny meant AIDS. <laughs> okay, that's that's how it worked over there. But that's by the way, that wasn't being facetious or a joke. That's how it worked. Yeah, fat, rich, skinny, poor, really really skinny, AIDS. Okay, so obesity is not a natural state. Okay. Obesity is bad for you. It's very, very bad for you. Uh, shaming behaviour, shaming behaviour, is compassionate behaviour. I'm not saying I'm not saying making fun of them, but I am saying do not put up with what what they're selling. As is, I, I want you to buy in to my bad behavior. People think, oh, shaming them is bullying. No, 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 no. I'll tell you what's, what's bullying. Bullying is going along with their behavior because you're too cowardly to buck the system and to actually go to someone and say, no, I think actually what you're doing is wrong and what you're doing is, is revolting and what you're doing is, is harmful. And it's not, it's not beautiful in any way, shape, or the form. Way, shape, way, shape, or form. And this is another problem. It's, it's smaller because obviously, you know, um, 
the the personal dangers is, is high, but this is all it's the regression to the ugly mean, which has been going on for a hundred years. Art's ugly now. Architecture is ugly. Oh my God, architecture in Australia is the worst. It really is the pits. We pull down all of our colonial era um, buildings or Victorian era because it wasn't colonialism in Australia. Um, we pulled down all the Victoria area buildings and like Art Deco buildings and all that sort of stuff. Perth's a great example of that on St George's Terrace, which is the main thoroughfare in the central business district. In the 70s, they pulled it all down and they put, oh, it's just awful. Our architecture is so ugly. This reversion to ugliness. Fat, fat is beautiful. Fat is not beautiful. Fat is ugly. That's what ugliness is. Um, anyway, back to my point. Shaming is compassionate behaviour. You shame someone because you want them to change. You care enough about them to be able to buck the system and buck everyone else. Maybe it maybe I cost myself future jobs. Fine. Okay. I'll always get along. So that got a lot of uh, that got a lot of comments that um, that post. So I was uh, I was happy about that. Um, now, comment of the week I did this week was how will immigrants in Australia vote on gay marriage? Um, I got this comment from Chris about the gay marriage the other week, and I made that comment of the week. Uh, here's the comment from Chris. I had a thought about the vote. Suppose the no vote narrowly wins. How many Muslims voted no? How many Hindus? They come from a country that still practices arranged marriages after all. What's the support for same-sex marriage like in China, Vietnam, the Philippines? Not very high from what I can tell, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and it was, I've been thinking along the same lines myself um, because, of course, a third of Australia's population is now born overseas. Uh, and if you take that to you have one parent who's born overseas, it rises to 50%, over 50% of Australia's population. Oh, my Lord. Um, now, the gay marriage vote is not compulsory. Uh, and I had someone I had someone comment on my piece. Uh, I had uh, Alex Sim comment and say, who listens to this podcast? So, Alex, thank you for your comment. Remember, Adam, the vote is voluntary and the migrants' interest in this country is purely of economic nature. Given the choice of voting or not partaking in it, they will choose the latter. I'm of the opinion that this will be the majority of them um, in the end out of... Uh, the total of 16.7 million people enrolled to vote, you will barely see 30% participate in this survey. Um, I saw that and I was like, mm, yeah, yeah, okay, could be. Yesterday in the Australian, the Islamic, I saw a, a uh, article that the Islamic um, Foundation or something, or some sort of Islamic organisation, is now strongly uh, campaigning for the no vote. So there you go. We have to rely on the muzzies, to save Western civilization from itself, who would have thought it? Of course, the left the leftoid progs are all going, obviously having brain implosions on this, because on the one hand, Muslims, Muslims, fantastic, cannot be wrong, anything, Homo, do not be an Islamophobe, and then on the other hand, they've got glorious homophobia, cannot be a homophobe, and now you've got these two that they push together, and <laughs> brain implosion, that, that scene from... Uh, Kingsman, where all the brains are exploding. Oh, new Kingsman Secret Service film coming out. I really enjoyed Kingsman Secret Service. I thought that was a great film. Yeah, they were, they were very politically incorrect. Really liked it. And great clothes. I'm a big clothes fan for guys. So, yeah, it looks like the immigrants uh, might have a say on that one. Um, so I was right. 
Um, or I don't know I'm right. Maybe, maybe I'll be right. Maybe I won't be right. Anyway, my main post this week, week has been a post called Nice Guys Never Win. And I'm not that happy with it because it's a difficult subject. And I was halfway through writing it. I was more than halfway through writing it. And I was thinking to myself, maybe this doesn't work as intended. But I still publish it anyway. No, I'm still not happy with it. Okay, so here's, here's the, the whole concept. Nice guys don't win in romantic um, liaisons. So if you try to be the nice guy, if you try to be a nice guy, sorry, um, with a girl, um, you're basically tiptoeing around the fact. A nice guy tiptoes around the fact that he'd like to have sex. He hasn't got balls to come out and say, I'd like to have sex with you and, and be confident um, and sweep the lady off her feet. Um, the nice guy is, goes at it in a passive-aggressive way, in a, in a deceptive way, in a cowardly way. That it, the fear of rejection is is the is the driving um, factor in this, um, and it's it's very very beta behaviour. Uh, I used to be guilty of it myself back in my teens and early twenties. Very very guilty of nice guy behaviour. It took me. A good while to get over it and it occasionally cropped back up in in my 30s i'd find it just occasionally it's amazing how the ingrained behaviors even after even after you think you've stamped them out and destroyed them utterly bing, it's just like ah oh, there's that little reminder ah oh, man and you have to do so you have to go back and do some work again and you know it's it's a never-ending process this is that's the, that's the tricky thing about changing your behaviours, your endemic behaviours. You, you achieve success, don't think that that's it. It's, it's for the rest of your life. If you have to turn something around, you'll have to keep turning it around for the rest of your life. Because def- you will default to what was the mean, whatever was your, your natural state. So that's why your childhood has such an impression on you. Um, you'll spend the rest of your life combating against what were the ingrained behaviours that that you picked up while you were a troll. That's that's why I see these poor kids with parents who are um, massive progressives. This whole this whole kids can choose their gender at the age of six. what? What? I wasn't allowed to choose what I could have for dinner at the age of six. And you can you can choose your gender with the enemy, and and they're going to hold into that, and then give them drugs on this. I, I just these kids are going to be so fucked up, so fucked up. Let, let's just say they don't even take the, let the they don't even take the drugs, whatever. Blah 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 blah. But this ab these abnormal childhoods that these kids are going to have, they're going to spend the rest of their life. So I know how much shit I went through because my mother was a feminist and kept saying that, you know, men were the evil patriarchy. This is what I grew up with. Men were evil. My father was evil. My father was a horrible person, blah, 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 blah. Well, I'm sorry, but if you tell a kid, if you tell a kid that their father is evil, the kid's going to be thinking in the back of their mind, in a subconscious level, but he's my father. Does that mean I'm evil too? Yeah. 
really, really, really bad behavior. Um, the evil, the evil behavior was what my mother did. I, you spent you spend your life getting over something like that, your entire life, and you have you. I operate on all cylinders ninety five percent of the time, but five percent of the time, phew, I have some, I have some dark days. I have some dark days, and that's because the stuff the stuff crops up. Um, oh, I saw a great post, and I meant to make it put it in my links of the week, and I lost it. Hate that when my computer had a crash and I had to reload and it was gone and I couldn't find it again. But it was about uh, a fact that um, depression just doesn't exist. Um, and uh, um, I don't know who was arguing it, but apparently J.K. Rowling um, took offence to this, and and her her big attack was that uh, you're not a psychologist, you can't possibly know, you can't have any opinion on this unless you're an expert. This this reversion to you're not an expert because experts have got everything so right, um, and. And I loved the the put down from this person, J.K. Yeah, so you're an expert because you write about wizards. Anyway, anyway, I've just gone. I've gone completely off track. Ba bang, ba bang, ba bang, ba bang, ba bang. We're talking about nice guys. Um, so lefties, progs, progressives, progs. I prefer to call them progs because they're not progressives. They're fucking regressives. Um, progs. The guys on the on the on the left far left toward side, your Antifa, your your you know whatever they are, SJW, your SJW males. Overwhelmingly, you just have to look at any photo of an SJW male, any contacts that I've had with SJW males, and I have absolutely no doubt at all that they play the nice guy routine with girls with girls they are complete losers all of them and so you can't look playing the nice guy routine does not mean you're an sjw but if you are an sjw you will be the nice guy routine kind of guy because you're scared of being a man. However, there's an interesting... There's, oh, by the way, that doesn't mean that all righties uh, uh, don't fall into the nice guy trap. People on the right. A lot of people, on the, a lot of people fall into the nice guy trap. Okay. Um, but I've noticed an interesting thing. So in their personal lives, lefty men are losers. But in their public lives... They've been winning for the past 40 or 50 years. It's the conservatives who, in their private life, might be a manly man, be able to stand up on two feet, deal with their women as they need to. And then in their public lives, they betray every principle that they've ever had because they just want to be seen to be nice. 
This is why conservatives have been losing for the past 50 years, because they've been going along to get along. Oh, look, if we just, if we just, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to have a war or anything with these lefties. Like, we'll just, we'll just give in a little bit on this abortion thing. And then, you know, and so they'll like us. And then we can really start a dialogue going. And the lefties have just been, and the lefties are committed publicly. They'll never stab one of their own in the back, no matter how off the rails they are. They've been winning for the past 40 or 50 years. So there's this really interesting juxtaposition. And look, I had in my mind, I didn't want to use it when I wrote this post, but I had in my mind as an example on the conservative side of someone who in their private life doesn't play the nice guy routine. But in their public life plays a nice guy routine. And the example I had in my mind was Tony Abbott, the Australian politician, ex-Prime Minister of the uh, Conservative Party over there, who got turfed out of office by ferret-faced Malcolm Turnbull. And uh, lo and behold, yesterday in The Australian, Abbott comes out, (laughs) comes out with... I'm proud of my yes vote daughter. Tony Abbott has spoken about his daughter Frances joining the yes campaign for same-sex marriage, saying he's proud she's independent. It's just... complete failure to hold to any conservative principles in public. Maybe here it's it's even a combination with his... His daughter, I just, I just can't even begin. I can't even get. By the way, by the way, I have been, um, I have been, of the steadfast hope that Tony Abbott would have kind of done Winston Churchill, got into the position of power, made some glaring mistakes, got stabbed in the back been on the sidelines for years, learnt from his mistakes, back into power, smashed it out of the park. I can't see that happening now. Tony Abbott got rolled for the prime ministership, what, two years ago, two, three? And he's coming out and saying this now with his daughter publicly saying yes. I would have been saying publicly that, that she was completely wrong and these are the reasons why. And that I'm ashamed of my daughter for having such stupid, illogical, liberal, progressive, tarred values. If you're going to have a public life, you're going to hold your principles. You have to hold to your principles. And that's, that's why I love him or hate him. Fox Day, he's, he consistently holds to his principles. And I think... That's the real measure these days of, I can't call it, say, a conservative because the, the, the word is too tainted, but someone on the alternative right is that you hold to your principles. You hold to the principles because of all of the, all of the progressive attacks are designed to make you uncomfortable holding to your principles so you're a bully or you're practicing hate speech or you're homophobic or you're islamophobic or you're fat phobic all of this bullshit is not an argument in on itself 
they're turning the, the shaming game around. They're, the, the left are shaming us for having principles in the first place and then holding to them. This is why Vox Day is the very first thing, his website is the very first thing I open every morning. He's my go-to first site every morning. I want to see what he's written, if he's written anything. It, it's happening that it's, there's less and less because I'm now in the same time zone as him because I used to be in Australia. But I still, by habit, I will still open Vox Day's site first. I don't agree with everything he says. I don't agree with everything he writes. But by God, I think he's the absolute rock-solid gold example of someone who steadfastly, intelligently holds to their principles in the face of all attacks, not in the face of all evidence. And there's a massive difference. Andrew Torber is an example of someone who's holding steadfastly to his principles in the face of all evidence and contradictory information. Vox Day is arguing with Andrew Torber on evidence-based, and so Torber is just doubling down. You understand the difference? This is really crucial to understand. If someone, if you say, I, I believe that homosexuality is a sin, I think it's bad behaviour, I think it's deviant behaviour, I think it's self-destructive behaviour, and someone goes and calls you, you're a homophobe, well, if you run for the hills and, and don't want to be called a homophobe anymore and change your tune because, oh, they're just people just like us and rah, 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 and all emotional, you're not holding to your principles. They've scared you off. And by the way, when, when the left scare you off like this, they don't think, they don't, and you, and you come over to their side, they just know in their heart of hearts. There's a, there's a massive massive hierarchy in the, on the left massive and you're you're in pig shit bottom you're in pig shit bottom if you're on the right you're a conservative and you betray your principles to get along to go along to get along you're on pig shit bottom as regards to the left so you're you're on pig shit bottom as regards to the left and you're on pig shit bottom as regards to the right that's what moderates are, by the way. The foot in either camp. The agnostics of the political world. Oh, I'm just, uh, well, you know, I just want to go along. I want everyone to be friends. That's not how the world works, dipshits. That's not how the world works. Holding to your principles. I think I'll call this the principles episode. Every, every episode I start, I've got a general idea of what I want to talk about, but I do not know, sometimes I don't know in which direction it's going to go. This, 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 I had no idea what I was going to call this episode, but this is definitely the principles episode. You have to have principles and you have to hold to them because you have principles because your principles are who you are. You want to know what my principles are? Go, go to my blog and go to my personal beliefs and opinions. And I've got a long list here. Very, very long list. Abortion, climate change, economics, equality, feminism, freedom of speech, gay marriage, giving women the vote, globalism versus nationalism, government, homosexuality, immigration, Islam, march to the institutions, masculinity, media, multiculturalism, political correctness, racism, transsexuals, university, as in higher education. These are my principles, and I will hold to them, but... 
I also reserve the right as an adult to alter or change my position based on new and relevant information as it comes to hand. Contrary to what many people think, it is not a sign of weakness to act in this way. It's a sign of weakness to hold steadfastly to your principles in spite of all contradictory evidence and new and relevant information that comes to your way. That becomes ideology in that regard. Andrew Torber is a great example of that. He is ideologically committed to free speech. And when you become ideologically committed to something, you become extreme. And the way he's, he's destroying Gab, he's destroying his startup. Gab is destroying itself by this ideological adherence to free speech. I'm committed to free speech as a principle. But I'm not ideologically committed to it. So principles and having principles and having ideology. This is why ideology is dangerous. Ideology is dangerous because you, you can't take in new information. Any new information that comes in and contradicts, I say, if you, on all the topics I've got there, look, my globalism versus nationalism. I used to believe in all the globalism stuff. I used to believe in the, the you know, oh, okay, globalism sounds good. We can all trade and, and why would it be bad and blah, blah, blah. And then I started digging and I got more information and then it was like, oh, this ain't so good. This ain't so good. Looks like uh, nationalism is actually a much, 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 much superior way to go than globalism because equality doesn't exist, people. It's all fairy stories. Ideology versus principles. Massive difference between the two. And SJWs are ideologically bound that's why they lie, that's why they double down, and that's why they project. They're ideologically bound. So you need to have principles in this life, and you need to stick with your principles. If you find it really, really, really difficult to stick by your principles based on new information coming your way, you need to re-examine them. And this is how we learn. This is how we progress. The principles that I have now are completely different from what I had 10 years ago. And from what I had 20 years ago, it's, it's absolutely chalk and cheese. I am absolutely certain in 10 years from now, I'll be referring back to a podcast I've made or an article I've written saying I was wrong on that point there. This is now, this is now what I believe. This is now my principle on this issue. So, by the way, if you're... If you have principles and you're constantly attacked by people personally because of your principles, uh, as in regards to personal attacks on you, then that's a good sign that you might be on the right track as regards to your principle. I got a lot of shit come down on me. I, I'd say, I'd say, as regards to what are the top. Um, if I want to get attacked, if I want to get some massive hits on my blog, what should I write about? Homosexuality in any of its forms, particularly if I uh, go after examples of gay act activists. Uh, the Aboriginal industry in Australia um, and fat shaming. Man, do I get some massive hits on the blog whenever I write about uh, fatties. 
do I ever? Um, personal attacks, or personal attacks come crashing down. So these these are good examples of when you might when your principles are on the right track. So that, and that's also good to know because the personal attacks sometimes aren't easy to um, to weather. A lot of them I just shrug off because I'm I just. Personal attacks, that is. Remember, if someone's throwing information at me, look, look at this information at them. Look at this information. No personal attacks. Look, climate change is a great one. Look at this information. Okay, you know, show me information. Show me your information and I'll evaluate it. And no, it's wrong. Sorry. Right? If I just get attacked personally for my stance on climate change, you hate the planet. You're a destroyer. I just, I just, I just laugh. It's just, it's just laughable. It's absolutely laughable. If I if I get attacked on a principle and it causes the attacks cause me to get angry, personally angry, then that's a fair that's a fair sign that I might be wrong, and I need to have a good look at it once I've calmed down. Whenever emotion comes into it, and if you look at Andrew Torber's behaviour with Vox Day on what he's publicly said and, and written, it looks very emotional behaviour. And I think that's a combination of what I'm talking about now and the fact that he's quite young. So this whole principles versus ideology, this is really, really important stuff. You need to know what your principles are. Do what I did on, the, on what I read out on my, my personal beliefs and opinions. I, um, maybe I should change that to my principles. It's probably a good idea. Uh, write yours down as well. What are your principles? What do you what do you what do you believe? What do you hold by? What are you, what what is your position on all this stuff? And if you don't have a position, it means you don't don't just pick one randomly. You need to go out and find out the information for yourselves. Especially if you're younger, if you, if you're in your twenties, especially because in your twenties you just tend you just tend to go along with what feels good. Oh, oh give go, give homosexuals the vote. Well, that feels great. That feels great. Oh, I can be friends with everyone. Everyone will like me. I'll, you know what I mean? Though I never thought that you should get a conversation with <laughs> Remember, my nickname back when I was in my 20s was Reality Check, one of my nicknames. <sighs> Early morning and I've got my podcast done. It's not even, it's just gone eight o'clock. It's pretty good. I'm not going to do this every time from now on. Okay, shout-outs, Captain Capitalism. He and I have been having a bit of an argument back and forth about Irish Spring. He sent me a uh, photo this morning of a very large supermarket stand full of Irish Spring. I mean, like, huge Irish Spring selection there. Um, I have to admit, I laughed out loud. I did. It was the first thing I saw. So I checked my emails. So the first website I go to is I go check out Vox Day. First thing I do is check my emails, and there was one from Cappy right at the top. And uh, it was, it was, let's have a look here. Looky what I found um, with a big explanation mark, and then there's, um, and now he sent me another one, suffering salsa dancing at my favourite Cigar lounge now. Hang on, it's taking a while for the photo to load. Um, I, I did, I did laugh. I did laugh because he, he and I have been having a bit of a going back and forth about this Irish Spring. 
Um, Irish Spring, for those who don't know, it's like the Rexona, but there's Rexona for adults. <laughs> I think that's the best way I can say it. Uh, Captain Capitalism supports this blog. Cappy's blog is the second site that I visit on my morning blog roll after Vox days. And he supports me, um, which is very generous. So I, I want you to support him. So go and check out his site, captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. Um, by the way, Cappy, that's a Google. That's Google, Blogspot. Mm, you might want to use coming across to evil WordPress. Um, uh, he's got his uh, YouTube channel. He's uh, Oh, he had a good one up this week. Computer's being a bit slow. Um, Cappy had a good one up this week. A couple of good ones that I, I watched. Um, about is the Manosphere market flooded? Um, I'm just going to click on this. It's going to stop. Um, a client is concerned about Manosphere sites claiming that anybody can work online or set up niche sites to become independently wealthy. Cappy explains the economics behind the Manosphere and Western Digital Frontier and what to look out for with these promises. Truth at a reasonable price. Uh, look, it was interesting because obviously I'm on the Manosphere. Um, I've been doing this now for seriously for about 18 months. Um, that's it. that is posting an article just about every day. Um, I'm up to fifty. This is my fifty what seventh episode with my podcast. So that's over a year of podcasting now because I'm doing once a week. Um, am I receiving any? Well, no. Income for the, no. no, no, please, please. Dribbles, dribbles, pocket change, pocket change. Pay for the hosting fees. That's about it. But, like, I, I treat what I'm doing as a small business. And any small business, unless you get very, very lucky, the first four years, you basically will see a big fat zero coming in from that. You better have other income streams because anything that you make, you need to plow straight back into. If I get any, any major hits of money coming into my blog, for whatever reason, it goes straight into advertising. You have to play out everything you have back. That's what happens in your first four years. And then if you've done it right and if you've worked hard enough and you've worked smart enough, because it's not enough to work hard, you've got to work smart, then you tend to see the payoff. And I count this, is the Manosphere market flooded? Look, are retailers selling Coca-Cola flooded? Are retailers who are selling Mobile phone packages flooded. Is is any market out there flooded? And yet, uh, are bars and restaurants, is the market for bars and restaurants flooded? I'll tell you what, here where I'm living in Holland, the market for bars and restaurants is flooded. Saying that, I am seriously considering opening up a bar here, bar slash restaurant, because I consider that they're doing it I can do it a lot better than what they're currently doing it here. You have to work hard, but you have to work smart. Is the Manosphere market flooded? Yeah, every market's flooded. But doesn't mean that new people can't start. Um, so 
good video there from Cappy. Check that out. Uh, he does mention Anthony Robbins, like he's talking about, you know, oh, it doesn't hurt. I did a podcast on Anthony Robbins specifically uh, a few months ago called Is the Self-Help Industry, uh, where is it? Let's have a look here. The Self-Help Industry is Bollocks episode, episode number 40. Uh, and I'm pretty sure Cappy linked to that one because it's got 600 listens. Uh, and I tend to get over 300 listens when I get a link through from someone, and I, most of the time it's from Aaron, uh, which means Aaron listened to that, and I, I tore Anthony Robbins a new one on that one. Anthony Robbins is a fake. Anthony Robbins is a scam. It's it's all based on short... All of this self-help stuff is based on short-term feel-goods. Short-term feels. That's what this stuff is based on, short-term feels. You walk out of an Anthony Robbins seminar high as a kite, you believe that you can do anything. You can conquer mountains. You can build mountains. You can, that, that, that Steve Jobs guy, whatever. You walk out of an Anthony Robbins, that Steve Jobs guy, whatever, man. I'm going to kill it, kill it, kill it, kill it. Two or three weeks later, you're back down to your, your bullshit level before. And then you'll need to go buy another Anthony Robbins book to get that little hit again. It's a scam. Total scam. All right. So go check out Cappy's, Cappy's site. Uh, and um, uh, support him like he supports me. That'd be fantastic. All right, this has gone for an hour. That's what I... Oh, check out my site, pushingrubberdownhill.com. Buy my books. Oh, Cappy did a... Um, ah, I'll do that. Uh, check out my books, Pushing Rubber Downhill. Check out uh, Run, Run Guts, Pull Cones. They're my books. If you want to support me, that's how I get my support from you. If you if you enjoy these podcasts, if you enjoy what I'm listening to me, and you're like, wow, I, I really, I'd like to support this guy. How can I how can I support this guy? Well, you can do it two ways. You can buy my books for yourself. If you've already bought my books for yourself, you can buy my books as gifts for your friend. You can like my podcast. You can leave me a review of my podcast on iTunes or something like that. Uh, you can subscribe to my podcast. Okay, and you can subscribe to my blog. Those are all the things. Oh, you can also do your Amazon purchasing through my blog. So click on one of my book links to my two books, and that'll go to Amazon, and then buy whatever you want through that link. Okay, you don't have to buy the book, buy something else, and I get a cut on whatever you buy, and it doesn't cost you anything extra at all um, as an Amazon uh, affiliate program. So they're the ways that you can support me, and I appreciate uh, all of that. I really do. So um, this is goodbye from me. This is goodbye, f- goodbye from the Duke, my cat. And uh, I'll see you all next week. Toodles. No, not toodles. Oh, my God. I can't believe I said that. <laughs>